It's funny because when they made all the changes back in 2018 um, for the 2019 season, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it as individual. Like, I guess I'm just done or I'll need to find a team to go on. And this was when they changed to the sanctionals. So you had been yeah. used to the regional format and all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're changing everything up. Now you have sanctionals, a different way to qualify. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, there's no way I can win sanctional. Like, you know. <laughs> um, but I ended up getting asked to be on the second team for Mayhem because I don't think I ever would have just moved there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up being the biggest blessing because um, I got to be on the team for a little bit, but then ended up qualifying um, for the games as an individual in 2019 through the Open. So just that whole year of training with the team all the time and them just pushing me every day, I, I truly think that's how I got so fit and ready for the 2019 games was just because of them being here. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. In this episode, I sit down with CrossFit Games individual athlete, Haley Adams. Haley last joined me on the podcast shortly before she began dominating the 16 to 17 teen age group category. That was back in 2017, and then she went on to earn the title of Fittest Teen on Earth in 2018. And since then, her career has really taken off. She broke on to the individual women's scene in 2019 with a sixth place finish as an 18-year-old and also won the Rookie of the Year award that year. And this past year, she navigated the most challenging season to date to take fourth place at age 19, just a few points away from podium contention. Haley trains with Rich Froning and the CrossFit Mayhem team in Cookville, Tennessee, where she's also a student at Tennessee Tech. And I was excited to catch up with her again to hear how her training has evolved as she's grown up in the sport, what her 2020 training season looks like, and what's in store for her in 2021 and beyond. Before we dive into the episode, we do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Now, let's get started with the episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm super excited to be here with Haley Adams for a return visit on the podcast. And we were just talking about how so much has happened for you since our last conversation here in 2017. So I'm excited to sit down and talk about all of it. Yeah, I am too. A lot has happened since then. I feel like I was literally just a baby then. I think I was 16, 17. <laughs> yeah. So that changed a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. And we just talked about how um, you were home a little bit for the holidays. You just got back and you're starting to get back into a routine with training. So can you just talk a little bit about what that looks like for you right now? You're in Cookville. Yeah. So right after the games, I took a month off of basically barely doing anything, eating whatever I wanted. And then started doing fitness again, but again, whatever I wanted to do, not thrusters and burpees. And, and when Um, you said you took months completely off, was that like, were you still doing something if you felt like it, like stretching or anything? um, I would do like an EMOM of machines, but very, very easy. Just with some friends in my hometown. So that was like super fun because I just, but just checking because probably you're doing nothing is still more than most people's regular exercise. A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> but then I started just doing fitness again, but like whatever I was feeling, you know, but still eating like whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but now I've been back on track for a few weeks and it's still kicking my butt, getting back in that gear, you know, picking up the volume again, still being smart right now, but it's hard not to, you know, do a lot of volume down here in Cookville. So yeah, I've just been <laughs> two sessions a day again, um, cleaning up my nutrition and yeah. That's great. And do you have, I know you're training in Cookville. How do you determine your programming? Do you have a specific coach who looks at all of it or do you do it sort of in collaboration? Um, how does um, that work for you? It's funny. I just show up every day and <laughs> do whatever Rich says. I never yeah. really know what I'm doing. Um, I kind of like it like that, you know? Yeah, you kind of leave it up to him. You don't have time to stress about it. And he doesn't know what we're doing either. I mean, I'm sure he gets ideas, but yeah, it, it doesn't give me time to stress about it the night before, you know, I don't worry about it. I know it's in his hands. So yeah, just do what I'm told basically. That's a nice feeling. I always liked that too, just having a coach. I mean, my coach would always give us programming a week in advance. So I'd sometimes think about it ahead of time, but I really didn't like to look at it even until the day before or like the day of, um, because it's true. You can spend so much time stressing about all of it. Right. And now that I've been here a little bit longer, like I'll have a little bit of input, like of what we do. If if he, if he like, it says pick a movement, you know. So mm-hmm. that's a little nice too. But most yeah. time it's just in his hands, which is obviously totally fine because it works. But yeah, <laughs> that's great. And who's your typical group of people that you would train with? Um, it's always me, Rich and Tasha for sure. And then um, we'll have some people that come, maybe in the morning session, afternoon session. Just kind of depends on the day. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so you said you're doing two sessions a day now. Um, do you have, and I know that you, one of the other really cool things is that you are also in school. Um, last time we talked, this was three years ago, you were homeschooling because of how train, like when you were in high school, because of how intense your training was and you were really focused on training. Um, and then you decided to start school at Tennessee tech once you moved to Cookville, which I think is amazing because a lot of people, especially with your talent and the success that you've had already in CrossFit would say like, okay, we'll put school on hold for a minute and just focus on training. But why was that something that was really important for you to do now? Yeah. I mean, I could have easily put school on hold, you know, I mean, I'm not taking that many classes anyway, but for me, I just felt like for my longevity in the sport, like going to college and, you know, being in school keeps me young, I feel like. And I think that's important right now too. Um, Even if that's just, two or three classes a semester. So I felt like that was the right thing for me to do and um, just schedule things around my training. And yeah, it's actually been perfect. That's great. Do you have us, if you picked a specific major or like what kind of classes are you taking? Um, right now I'm doing all my prerequisites for uh, pre-dental hygiene. So, Oh, that's great. But there's no dental hygiene program at tech. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know, going slow right now. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. That's great. Um, what are some of the ways you said you normally schedule classes around training, but some of the ways that, like you said, it, it kind of keeps you young or helps you stay maybe more balanced, but some of the ways that school maybe benefits your training or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I went online this last semester, so it was a little bit different, but two semesters ago I was going in person and, um, yeah, I think it's important to have friends my age and friends that don't just do CrossFit, you know, like just for that mental game so that my mind isn't always like spinning yes. around profit because I feel like that's how you can burn out. So and um, yeah, so just when training was over, training was over, then it was time for school, you know? So mentally I, I felt like that was really good for me looking back and I'm excited to keep doing that because 
like I said, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I think it was always nice to have something else. Mm-hmm. It's just refreshing to be able to not have to yeah. think about CrossFit all the time. Yeah. It can become all-consuming, especially yeah. at your level and the way that yeah. you're doing it. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit just about your decision to move to Cookville. Because last time we talked, you were – it was – Right before 2017 games, you were getting ready for 16 to 17 age group, and you competed two years and just dominated that age group. And then you made the transition so seamlessly into the individual women's category the last two years and like dominated that as well, which I think we haven't really seen from a lot of teen athletes. So just starting there, I mean, what are... What are some of the things that you think allowed you to make that transition so smoothly? Like things maybe about your background, your training, or your mindset that allowed you to come in and just do so well right off the bat your first year when you were 18? It's funny because when they made all the changes back in 2018 um, for the 2019 season, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it as an individual. Like, I guess I'm just done or I'll need to find a team to go on. And this was when they changed to the sanctionals. So you had been used to the regional format and all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're changing everything up. Now you have sanctionals, a different way to qualify. Exactly. So I was like, there's no way I can win sanctional. Like, you know, (laughs) Um, but I ended up getting asked to be on the second team for Mayhem because I don't think I ever would have just moved there. Mm -hmm. Um, But ended up being the biggest blessing because um, I got to be on the team for a little bit, but then ended up qualifying um, for the games as an individual in 2019 through the open. So just that whole year of training with the team all the time and them just pushing me every day. I, I truly think that's how I got so fit and ready for the 2019 games was just because of them and being here. That's amazing. So you originally moved there to be on their second team and mm-hmm. then you qualified, ended up qualifying as an individual. And at that point you just decided to stay because it was such a good training environment. Oh yeah. And that, at that point I was like, I'm definitely staying here because I just had so much fun with them every day and yeah. was just loving it. That's amazing. What are some of the things, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people here on the podcast. I've talked to Rich. Um, I've talked to a lot of other people who've been on the team teams in years past or currently, but what do you, what do you think it is that makes training in that environment in Cookville that Rich has set up so magical that helps people become so successful? For me, I'm like super competitive, but it's fun when I get, you know, when I'm going against someone else, it's competitive, but in a good way, you know, like it's not toxic. So I feel like that's how it is here. Like we're always joking about who's going to, you know, win this one or I'm going to beat you in this. So I really thrive off of that too, because it pushes me because, you know, I want to win. And it's nice because train, uh, Tasia was always my training partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we partner up on things, but we weren't directly competing against each other, you know, like if I was competing against her as an individual. So that definitely made a difference too, because you know what, like I'm not going to slow down because she's not, you know, so that really pushed me. And I think, um, yeah, I fit in perfectly here and it's a really good environment. That's true. And probably having the team, obviously the team is all collaborative because they all want everybody to be their best to to do well on the team. And then you're, you know, as an individual, it's probably different if you're training every single day against one of your competitors, but because you're yeah. training with the team, um, you know, they can push you, but in a way that's healthy and not. Exactly. Yeah. I've never them. felt like it was a bad environment for me or like competitively just bad for my mental game. No, it's always been good. You know, it pushes me and I, it's just fun, you know? Yeah. Um, you also mentioned how in, in retrospect that changed the game season ended up being sort of a blessing to you. But I think that's one of the other things that's really impressive about you is that 
you ended, you've done so well and made this transition, but also in like a two year span where the landscape for CrossFit Games athletes has been the most stressful and the most unknown and the most, um, has had the most change of any other time because we had the change to the sanctionals, then we had coronavirus, or I mean, first the change to the open being in the fall, and then the coronavirus delaying the games this year, changing the format into two different stages. We had all of the turmoil with CrossFit and the change of ownership, and you've been through all of it, especially as such a young athlete. So what what has that been like for you and what's helped you stay like grounded and focused so that your training, your performance was was still at its best? Yeah, going back to the crew here, like they showed up for me every day. They knew that, I mean, their season had already been canceled basically. So, I mean, they, just having them every day and just helping me push all the way to the games, even though not knowing what it was going to be sometimes, maybe a month early, a month late, mm-hmm. that was really, really hard. But I don't think I could have, you know, stayed as fit as I was without them because they just pushed me every day because they knew that, you know, it was going to be a long season. And yeah, they just, they helped me a lot for sure. That's amazing. And a testament to like what a true team it is that they didn't exactly. even, I think a lot of people would have said, okay, my season's over. I'm going to go have fun. Yeah, exactly. And they, they were still it. there for you. Yeah, Every single day they were out there grinding with me. That's amazing. That's amazing. And amazing to see, to have that whole mayhem community and support crew behind you. I mean, it was amazing to watch some of the videos of your stage one and mm-hmm. see how many people were there supporting you and cheering you on. What has that been like for you? It's truly a family here. I feel like, you know, it's it's not just CrossFit. It's life outside of CrossFit. Like, I truly believe I have, like, a second family here. And yeah. you know, I love them all, and I'm so thankful for them. I know that they always have my back. So just, like, getting to share all those moments with them because they see how hard I work and they put in the work with me was truly one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's really cool to see. Um, so let's talk a little bit about just – like games, like what, what happened when you finally found out? So there's a lot of unknown time where you didn't even know if there was going to be a games, your training, so much uncertainty. But then when you found out, okay, there's going to be a games, it's going to be this first, this stage one, stage two format. What were your first thoughts? And then can you take us through what that experience was like competing, you know, in your own gym with a video and a judge and in that different environment? Yeah, so at first I was super bummed out that it was going to be online, which I know like the circumstances, like totally get it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't usually do well in online things because I'm better with someone pushing me, which yeah, is probably the better way to be like doing better in person. But still, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it just because mm-hmm. of the format, you know. But it ended up truly being so much fun because like you said, you had all your family there, your friends cheering you on, like they're watching you suffer, but just having all the people that you love right there and you can hear them. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was so awesome. And then just getting to share those moments with all of them. Like when I found out that I made it, it was really interesting. And uh, I mean, I would love to do it again, but hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It was really cool. Yeah. It looked really cool. I mean, obviously totally different. And especially for someone who thrives off being in that, I think, which most athletes do, I think, thrive off being in that environment where you have a big yeah. crowd and you have the pressure and the other competitors that are pushing you, but yeah. obviously very special. And I was, I mean, for me, it was just cool to see it, them find a way to still make it happen this year when yeah. so many other big events were canceled. Yeah. So that's amazing. What is it that motivates you like every single day when you get up or that motivates you to keep coming back and doing it year after year and keep getting better? 
I mean, I just love the feeling of like making the games, for instance, like yeah. that feeling again, top five is just something that you don't forget and you just hold on to. And it just makes you want to keep coming back for more and, mm-hmm. you know, just making the people around me proud. And just, I just am a competitor at heart and an athlete and mm-hmm. I'd do anything to win one day. So that's definitely what keeps me motivated all the time. For sure. Well, you're well on your way. (laughs) Who would you say is your biggest, obviously you have your, your team at mayhem, but who like in your life are your biggest support system or people that you lean on? Because obviously it takes a huge team, whether it's family, friends, coaches, everyone else. Um, Like who are your, your biggest support system that you lean on? Yeah. So I have my family in North Carolina. Um, It's only about five hours away. So I talk to them often, you know, family's family. I always call them. and They're always so proud, too. But once again, it's seriously just the people here and yeah. especially Tasia. We've gone we've grown really close. And, you know, she was at the games with me. Mm-hmm. Like she's always there for me in any aspect of life. That's amazing. And yeah, at the games. So, yeah, then let's go into stage two. You qualify for the top five, which is incredible. You get to go to Aromas in person, but again, it's a completely different experience than what you've had in years past because there's only five of you. There's no crowd. I heard they didn't even play music for most of it. It's just a very different environment. Um, You couldn't bring your family, your whole support crew. So talk us through what that whole experience was like. Personally, it it honestly didn't feel much different to me. Like I said, I just want someone beside me, you know, racing. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I still gave it everything I had as if I was on the floor with thousands of people watching, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just the intimacy of just that small group was so cool. And just getting to know everyone and, you know, getting treated a little bit different just because they were very, yeah. And yeah, that was definitely an experience that I will never forget for sure. Yeah. Are you, would you say that it brought, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting to think about with only five of you. Do you you think it brought all of you closer together or was it also, you know, everyone was so focused on their own um, competition that you didn't. Yeah. We were together like all the time. We couldn't leave. And just like on the bus rides and stuff, it'd be like a 30, 40 minute bus ride. We'd just be talking, laughing, you know, like just having a good time. I mean, it's just us five. Like, of course we were serious too, but then it was like, after the events and stuff, like we'd all chat and have a good time. That's great. That's great. And how did you then structure your training? So between stage one, stage two, um, I know you came into the games with a big injury, you'd sprained your ankle, but like, how did you structure your training and how you were feeling going into stage two? Yeah. So stage two, uh, we just changed up a little bit, um, to do more odd object stuff, you know, lots of running, well, that was kind of put on a hold, but, um, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, typical game stuff that we couldn't do for stage one just because it was online. But yeah, I ended up um, having a pretty bad uh, ankle roll. I didn't end up getting an MRI, but <laughs> it looked very beautiful. Lots of black and blue and big. I actually, I actually tore my, um, my ATFL. Oh, yeah. Did you, find that out, did you find that out before I or after? Found it out after okay. I found got MRI. Um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't know it before, but <laughs> so that was a little bit of a, you know, pause on training for a, yeah. a few days because we're like, Hey, we have to suck it up. Like just, yeah. Keep going. but yeah, other than that, just, you know, typical games training stuff. Mm-hmm. And how's your ankle doing now? Is it back to normal? Well, it's like obviously a little bit unstable, but I'm going to brace all the time. Um, it doesn't prevent me from doing anything, just being careful. Like don't just go run 10K on a trail for fun, you yeah. know, because yeah. it's 
table and stuff, but I've been doing a lot of PT, so I'm in good hands. That's great. That's great. Um, and then t- just talk through like any, it could be from this games or previous games, but any particular events, like I know when I think back about, um, competing, like there's always a couple events that stick out to me as like, wow, this is when I really gave it everything I had. I felt like it was at my best. I was kind of in that flow state. Are there any events that stick out for you of like things where you really felt like you were able to let all of your training shine through and, and really leave it all out there and are really memorable. Yeah. Those events for me would probably be event one. Um, that was the, of this year, the, um, push Jared Barma slept one. I uh-huh. felt like I, you know, did the best of my ability that when it felt like I was just in the bar and I, I told Rich to Tasia that because it was just such a different setting, you know, but having those girls beside you, that was super cool. And then also, um, the swim event, I yeah. thought I was going to black out on that event because <laughs> that looked so awful. <laughs> so just full send on that one, but I was super proud of how I held up on that one too. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then how, what are your reflections kind of coming back? I know always after the game, it's always kind of a weird time. Like you're taking time off training. You've put so much time and effort into this one competition and there's always kind of like a natural letdown and then processing what happened and thinking about moving forward. So what has that time period been like for you or what are some of your reflections? Yeah. So obviously we're on the right track. Like I'm not going to change much, just, you know, keep trying to get stronger, but um, I know that what I'm doing here is working and just trusting that process is like huge for me right now, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just excited to get back into the season and start training really hard again. <laughs> what's your favorite part of training like it, do you have a favorite like or even a favorite training day or like memories where you feel like this is so fun and I'm I just love every every minute of it yeah days where we just throw down with each other and you know we're trying to push mm-hmm. each other someone's trying to win those are my favorite days and we're just laughing having a good time especially in the summer yeah when it's like nice yeah yeah, the, those are definitely my favorite times for the sure. The most fun. I will always remember one of my favorite training weekends was in Cookville. It was in 2015. No, yeah, 2015. It was right after the open of 2015. And Chris Henshaw had a training camp there. And it was just the most fun, like going to the track, training the gym, going to the pool. Um, and it's just such a great environment. I'll never forget it. For sure. It's it's amazing here. Mm-hmm. Um. Any thoughts about like looking for it? Obviously, we know you're gonna keep going for the near future. You just turned 20, which is <laughs> incredible, and I've already accomplished so much. But um, any thoughts about like? And obviously, I think you. I, I think we'd all like to see you on top of the podium one day. But any thoughts about like big goals or things that you'd like to see happen over the course of your CrossFit Games career before you're ready to move on to something else? I mean obviously win one day and get on the podium a few times and just truly just try to stay humble through it all. Um, you know, and try to inspire other people. That's a big thing for me too, especially when I get all these messages from young girls. So not only just athletic achievements, but you know, just be a good person and yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And I I think you are such an inspiration, especially to the younger girls because they can relate to you so much. Um, and so seeing how one, how you're working hard and staying humble and positive and smiling all the time, but also 
going to school, doing the right things, being a good person. Um, it just has such a huge impact. So that's amazing. Always be a good person. Yes. Number one, always be a good person. Um, do you, have you thought at all, I guess maybe dental hygiene about things that you want to do one day after you're done competing or goals and dreams for the rest, like the next stage of your life? Obviously yeah, you have a long time until you get there, but. Right. I would love to compete as long as I can. And then one day maybe be a dental hygienist and have a family. <laughs> Hopefully that's far away, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have plenty more time. <laughs> I feel like there are so many similarities between you, like as an athlete, between you and Sam Briggs too. And she's still like going strong. So I have a lot of years ahead of me. I don't want to make it that far. But <laughs> I cut it off. Who knows? Well, as long as you're enjoying it and having fun, right? That's yeah, and I'm healthy, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so you talked about your training schedule. Or can you just give us, like, a typical day, I guess, when you're in school and training? Like, what does a typical day look like for you? So when I was going in-person school, so semester, basically a year ago, semester, um, we wake up. I'd train around 8.30-ish. Okay. Um, would go to around 11, 30, 12. I'd usually have a class at like one mm -hmm. and then we train again around three. Mm -hmm. And then one night a week I had a class that went from like six to I think it was eight 30. That was awful. So <laughs> those days were super busy cause it was like school class, school class or school yeah, training. All day. Um, but it kept me busy, like kept me busy. It didn't really stress me out that much cause I wasn't taking that many classes. Mm -hmm. And then now it's just like, you know, get it done whenever you want because it's online. But okay. I, I did enjoy going in person. Um, I don't think I'm going to go in person again this semester just because we're not really sure about what the season's going to be like. And I can't, it's hard to travel like when you're okay. in school, you know, and miss some classes. Totally. So, yeah. That's great. Um, and then what, what do you do as far as nutrition? And there have been things that you found to be really helpful. You said you are now kind of dialing things back in after the holidays and taking some time off after the games. Yeah, so I just started with RP Strength. Um, it's basically counting macros. That's what I've always done. Um, just trying to eat more, you know, whole foods now, cut out all the process, not cut out all of it, but most processed foods. Just get back on what I usually eat. Eat mm -hmm. a lot of rice cakes, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, have there been things you've learned, like, over the course of the years you've been competing that have been really helpful for you in terms of things you've changed with your nutrition or recovery or anything else? Um, I have definitely learned that food is not the enemy. Like mm -hmm. usually a typical game training season, I'm eating 450 carbs at least. And mm -hmm. that's the leanest, you know, I, yeah. been, you know, so just learning that and knowing that food is fuel and just, I need to be eating enough. Like I'm young is something that I wish I could have shared to my like 15 year old self, you know? Right. That's so true. Well, I'm glad you're learning it at 20 because there's a lot of 20 year olds that still don't necessarily understand that, how important it is to fuel your body properly. And especially when you're moving as much as you are. Right. Um, that's so, so true. Um, what about recovery wise? Are there things that you do on a regular basis that you said you're doing some PT for your ankle, but things that you do on a regular basis that you feel like have a big impact? Honestly, I'm so bad at doing recovery stuff. <laughs> but you're still so young, I guess. That's I try to sleep. Honestly, this ankle injury has been like a wake-up call. Like, hey, like you need to start stretching, you know, take mm -hmm. care of your body. So I've been trying to, you know, just, you know, stretch a little bit and just like a, a massage gun. But yeah. I'm still, I still need to get better. So, well, you're still young. But, yeah, it's, 
it's always, I think for me too, it was always like the injuries or the things that are little wake up calls say like, Hey, I need to start paying attention to that. Yeah. That's great. Do you, how much do you sleep at night? Usually I try to at least get eight hours. That's great. But we train early. So I have to be up by like seven ish. Yeah. So are I you try a to sleeper. Like do you normally get good quality sleep? It's weird because when I'm training really hard, I'll wake up like four or five times a night and I, I can't go back to sleep. So, you know, I'm scrolling on my phone. Like I, I legit can't go back to sleep. Uh. But then like when I took this off season, I'd sleep all through the night. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like, and I was eating enough, so I don't know what was going on. But when I start training hard again, I do not get good sleep at all. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it's just the stress of training or something else. Are there, are there things that you really like to do to relax or that help you kind of get into a more relaxed state? Well, only thing that is, is probably bad for you is TikTok, but <laughs> it makes me tired and yeah. just see, but I've tried the blue light uh, glasses, but I don't know if it really helped. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why I wake up. I just wake up quite often. Well, hopefully we can get you some more sleep, especially when you're training so much. <laughs> it usually seems to be the opposite, but yeah. Um, cool. Well, I normally, um, finish the podcast with three questions that I ask everyone. And I think you probably answered these three years ago, but I'm sure there's some differences now. (laughs) So the first one is what are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? I guess exercise. (laughs) Yes, I would say so. (laughs) Um, When you were in off season, you said that sometimes you do machines, but like, what are, what's the thing that would, if, if you could just pick anything that you'd want to do, that would be the most fun for exercise. What would it be? Probably just bike erg and like some sit-ups. Yeah. Literally. That's That's great. I love it. And I try to eat healthy Mm -hmm. and mostly just try to take care of my body and do things that make me happy, like school and TikTok. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, you had mentioned, oh, as far as eating healthy, what what's your favorite cheat meal or what were some of the things that you ate during this time where you weren't being so strict about your diet? I love Olive Garden lasagna. Mmm, nice. <laughs> kind of ice cream. I ate a lot of ice cream for sure. Too much. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next question is what is one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or something you're working on? Um, I think definitely adding in more recovery things like mm-hmm. taking time to go see a chiropractor or getting a massage every week, just making time for that type of stuff. I know I need it and will eventually need it more as I get older. So just starting to get in the habit of it now, I think would definitely help a lot. <laughs> for sure. That's smart. That's smart. All right. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? Um, I think as long as I'm happy and um, enjoying what I do and taking care of myself. I feel like that's best case scenario for me. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been wonderful. I, um, it's just amazing to see, like to look back at our conversation three years ago when you were just starting your career and to now and just how much you've grown and how confident you are and how, um, you really are just such a wonderful role model for so many women and for young girls. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, we're all cheering for you and I know you have a long career ahead of you, so keep taking care of yourself and we're all rooting for you too. Thank you.
<laughs> All right. Thank you, Haley. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Haley a little bit better just as much as I did. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out there to more people.